The Holy Gospel according to John, the first chapter. The next day he saw Jesus coming toward him and declared, Here is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After he comes a man who ranks ahead of me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but I came baptizing with water for this reason, that he might be revealed to Israel. And John testified, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain is the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I myself have seen and have testified that this is the Son of God. The next day, John again was standing with two of his disciples. And as he watched Jesus walk by, he exclaimed, Look, here is the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. When Jesus turned and saw them following, he said to them, What are you looking for? They said to him, Rabbi, which translated means teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, Come and see. They came and saw where he was staying, and they remained with him that day. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon. One of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which is translated anointed. He brought Simon to Jesus, who looked at him and said, You are Simon, son of John. You are to be called Thebeth, which is translated Peter. The Gospel of the Lord. It was sometime back in December when I was asked a question for which today's Gospel reading provides an answer. But before I tell you the question, a little context. As I said, it was December, which means that it was Advent. The season in the church year during which we spend four weeks exploring the themes of expectant waiting, anticipation, and watchfulness as we make ready for our celebration of the Christ child at Christmas time. And we also focus our attention during those same four weeks on the promised second coming of Christ. The question was most certainly prompted by a thoughtful consideration of what will happen when our Lord and Savior returns for the second time. The question went something like this. So when Jesus does come again, how can we recognize him? How can we know for sure it is the Lord? Now, this might sound like a case of the fear of missing out, but I'll tell you, the concern is legitimate. I mean, after all, when Jesus came the first time, there were very few indeed who saw him for who he was. You might remember this exchange between Jesus and his disciples. Jesus asked, who do people say that I am? Some of the disciples said, John the Baptist. Others said, Elijah or one of the prophets. Unmentioned by the disciples on this occasion, by the way, as noted in an article in the Atlantic, were the many choicer and less admiring epitaphs for Jesus then current in Palestine, blasphemer, 
false prophet, madman. If those who walked and talked and ate and traveled with him were uncertain of his identity, how can we be sure? If Jesus returned right here, right now, how would we know it was him? And worse, what if we didn't? This is where the reading from John's Gospel proves helpful. It offers two important truths about Jesus and his coming to us. One reminds us how much God wants us to know his son, and the other relieves any anxiety about getting it right when it comes to knowing for sure it is him. You heard it read a moment ago. It began like this. John saw Jesus coming toward him and declared, here is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. I imagine this scene taking place on a busy street corner in the market square with a large crowd of people hurrying about minding their own business when all of a sudden John sees Jesus and can't help himself but lift his finger pointing to him and raise his voice announcing to anyone and everyone, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. I also imagine people stopping to take a look for themselves. Now, I know that I said this to you when I preached in November, but let me remind you and say it again. You are here precisely because someone pointed you to Jesus. Look, they said, it's the Lord, the Savior of the world. And just like John the Baptist, when he was still in the womb of his mother Elizabeth and Mary, the mother of Jesus, greeted them, something inside you leapt at that good news. And there was no need to question its truth or its authenticity because it resonated so deeply within your soul and it satisfied all for which you have ever hungered and it quieted your uncertain heart and you just knew for sure. And what's more, just like the two disciples in the reading for today, you couldn't help yourself but to see and hear that good news and follow. And the way it appears today, you still can't help yourself but to keep on showing up at the house of your Lord, to be fed and forgiven and freed, and to behold for yourself the Lamb of God again and again. As was mentioned earlier, two services of confirmation were held here yesterday afternoon, and those young people who knelt at this altar rail affirming their baptismal faith were here, every single one of them, because someone, a parent or a relative, a neighbor or a friend, a Sunday school teacher or a confirmation leader, a godparent, even a perfect stranger, someone, lifted a finger pointing to Jesus and raised their voice announcing, this is the savior of the world. We must give thanks to God for all those who point and announce, for the ones who name the miracles, for the ones who show the way through the wilderness, for the ones who lift the eyes of our hearts that we might see 
and recognize and know our great God. So that's the first truth from the gospel for today. God wants nothing more than for everyone to know the depth and the breadth of his love for us, so much so that all throughout our lives, he sends trustworthy witnesses who will point us to his son. I love how the Bible unfolds this story. One day, John saw Jesus and announced to anyone within earshot, Behold, the Lamb of God. And then the very next day, John saw Jesus again, and he made the same announcement, but this time he directed it to two of his disciples. One was Andrew and the other unnamed. The Gospel tells us that these two disciples heard the announcement and immediately followed Jesus, spending the rest of the day together. We read, that later that same afternoon, Andrew did the most natural thing in the world. He went to find his brother Simon in order to tell him about, to bring him to meet Jesus. It's such a simple and beautiful visual reminder, isn't it? When someone tells you the best news ever, you can't help but share it with those you love. The story concludes with Andrew bringing his brother to meet Jesus. While one might reasonably anticipate that what would happen next would be for Andrew to take the lead and make the introductions, as in, Simon, I would like you to meet Jesus. And Jesus, this is my brother Simon. But that's not what happened. Instead, before Andrew could even begin a proper introduction, Jesus looked at his brother and said, You are Simon, son of John. No introduction necessary. Jesus called him by name. Remember that question? When Jesus comes again, how can I be sure to know that it is him? Here's the beautiful truth. You don't need to worry about whether or not you will recognize Jesus when he comes again. Because no matter what, he who knit you together in your mother's womb, he who knows the number of hairs on your head, he whose cross was marked on your forehead at baptism, he will recognize you and call you by name. I conclude with these words from the prophet Isaiah, the 43rd chapter. We sang these words over our confirmands this week, and I offer them as a blessing over you. But now, thus says the Lord, he who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. In the name of Jesus, amen.